0: It's, it's ghetto, I want to leave Can you be me up? I'm out on the street by the corner store. you know the one on 15 Got a bright shirt on, so easy to see I've been down here stranded indefinitely I can't reach my planet, but I need to leave You should see these people It's hard to believe how they change Oh, Earth is ghetto. I wanna leave. Oh, Earth is ghetto. I wanna, leave. I wanna leave.
1: Good morning, niggas and friends. Happy motherfucking Friday. I hope you all oh. have a good morning, bitch.
2: I'm so... So glad it is fucking Friday. Yo, this is yo, Earth is ghetto and I feel it. But happy Friday, everybody. Uh, welcome to the Earth is Ghetto Podcast. So, first things first, uh, Aaron actually came up with this with this for us to do this every show. Let's go ahead and do a little quick mental health check-in. Aaron, how you feeling?
1: Girl, honestly, I'm actually doing cute. Like I'm kind of I'm feeling cute. Um Nothing. I'm not as depressed irritated. right now. Yeah, I'm not as irritated. Cause, girl, you know I am easily irritated. But I'm actually <laughs> doing good right now. Um, it's Friday. Everyone, take a shot, take a dig, <laughs> do what you gotta do. It's Just, Friday, then. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> how about you? Um, I'm I'm not gonna lie. I I wish I was in a um higher ri- vibrational space. You know how we talk about like. Um, The family that we have sometimes can be the the one thing to really bring us down and especially when you know you can't change anything about a situation because you can only lead a horse to water. You can't make it drink. Um, I feel like that's been really frustrating for me because I feel like there's so much that I want to do that I won't be allowed to do because you already know when it comes to culture and, and Caribbean people, they're not willing to accept help of any kind. So that's been a little frustrating, but I'm finding a lot of light with, um, every time that we do this and we get on here. So, um, y'all always my saving grace. i tell you what.
1: <laughs> okay. Like, look, I love our support so much. Like y'all get me through some shit because I'm, t- I'm t- you know. <laughs> no, <sorry.
2: laughs> Okay. So now that we have done that, and by the way, if anybody wants to go ahead and give us your mental health check-in, please leave a message. Please let us know how you've been going, what you've been living through, you know, because again, people don't ask us if we okay and actually care about the answer. So,
1: Okay. If Um, we're asking you, it's because we actually care. We're not like most people. Oh, how are you? Anyways, no. If you ask me, I'm going to tell you the honest truth. I think we need to normalize being ready for the honest answer when we ask people how are they doing
2: absolutely i don't think that's going to happen anytime soon because it is conditioning at this point (laughs) um but for real i feel like we we can all do a little bit better to be conscious so before we get into the topic we're just going to listen to this message hey it's myself
0: hey
3: erin hey Sid. shout out i see you eddie what's good what's good yeah mental health check-in um i'm eating popcorn at nine o'clock in the morning I don't know what that means. Don't know what that is. <laughs> but um, I feel a little better than yesterday.
2: <laughs> Amen. And that's that's really all we can ask for because it's it, it's hard out here for a pimp. It's hard. So you got take it where you can get it. Whatever that mm. is. Um, whew, so let's get into this topic because motherfucker, I really didn't want to. <laughs> <laughs> I I I really didn't want to. Um We've talked about race play in porn and we've talked about how race play is not a is not a affable legitimate kink. It is not something that you can be like, "Well, you know what? That's just something I'm into." Mm, slavery. No. You don't you don't get to do that. And of course, a black man is making us all look like fools.
1: Let's talk about Mano. First of all, I didn't even I know who this man was. <laughs>
2: Um, the only reason I know who Mano is and only a little bit like I know of him is because he made a couple appearances on uh, Love and Hip Hop, you know, playing the, the, the lovable thug with the with, you know, with a more balanced mindset or whatever the case is. Um, but we know people be lying. So <laughs> Aaron's going to play a clip of Maino, who is a rapper, by the way. I don't know if you all know. And if anybody knows who the fuck Maino is, let me know. But yeah, we're just going to play a little clip by him and we're going to discuss.
4: What are you talking about? fall all this. Did you like that? Huh? No, what was the role play? Yeah. The role yeah, play. what was the role? This feels like it's going to be so wrong. It's so wrong. I'm going to tell you right now. Oh I've never God. talked about this. Uh-oh. Oh, shit. I like to be like a runaway slave. Okay, no. Mado. Oh,
0: shit. Oh, my God. <laughs> I like to play like
4: a runaway slave. Okay. I like to <laughs> play like a, diso- a disobedient slave with a white woman. So tell me, like, what you say. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> i was sorry. I, I, it's two. It's, it's it's two of them. Like it's like me getting whooped, right? You get whooped. It's like it's like I play like you whipping, but most of them don't want to play like that. This is yeah. This, I was this say, what white woman goes along with this. They don't want to play like that. They don't okay. wanna, this is my like. Listen, <laughs> you're gonna act like your master's your your master's uh, husband uh, wife, wife. And I'm the And women. I just got whooped by master for oh, eyeballing. Okay you've been really you know you have been you, like me anyway. you been eyeballing me. Oh uh, this sounds like some freaky porn right this is freaky shit and then yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna come all sweaty. Right? Just finished getting whooped. And you're gonna say, no, Billy Joe, no. No, Billy Joe. <laughs> no. <laughs> not gonna like it. He's not gonna like it. Gonna want, to like. This
0: is script. <laughs> so, so white I women have, have gone, gone along with this words. and done this. He's speaking from experience.
4: Nobody really went along with it. Like I no. stood up on the wall and said, Come on, let's act it out. And he was like, Man, are you crazy? What if they call you the N-word? See, this is this is because this comes place, with this it. Is where, this is where it goes deep. And this is where I'll probably be canceled this. <laughs> He'd be but like, don't say it. Go ahead. I don't know if I can say this. Say it. <laughs> I'm going to take Gigi's advice. <laughs> this is really... Say <laughs> it. I want to know. <laughs> I don't know, because it's not right, though. <laughs> but this, this is, is fantasy stuff, so... all fantasy yeah, shit, okay. though. okay. In the, in, in the fantasy world. In, in the fantasy world, because of this, I've never... Nobody's ever did it. Mm-hmm. So the other fantasy is that they whipping me, and they calling me a nigga.
1: <laughs> all right. So, well, thoughts?
2: <laughs> let's let's do the the uh, shitty shade room um, thoughts. Thoughts. Anybody? <laughs> uh, what do you think? Um. First of all, that was terrifying to recount. That was, like, it was fucked up listening to it the first time. And I promise you, that clip was, like, a little too long for me. Uh, Like, and I found the clip, by the way, everybody. That Like, I'm talking about me. Um, And we were maybe about, like, 30, 40 seconds in. I was like, okay, I've had enough. But then it got worse. Every time he kept on talking, it got worse.
1: And the get out is going on. It's funny because after, because I, first of all, he knew what was going to happen because he was like, oh, they, I'm going to get canceled because, oh, yes, absolutely. They're going to drag the fuck out your ass because what in the get out are you saying right now? And then it's funny because after this interview, he was he going to talk about something. Y'all know I'm just playing. Y'all can't take a joke. It's just it's just a little fantasy uh, joke. Uh, I didn't even mean it. Uh, I said, no, sir. Uh-oh. You expressed this in detail. This was sir. on your heart.
2: That was, that was really motherfucking detailed. Get the fuck out. Shut up. That's a joke. It's a joke now that people is like ha- seeing you tap down. Da- oh, you know what, let me stop. All right, let's get into some of the <laughs> messages. Uh, Queen China Bird.
5: Good morning, Aaron said. It's a little windy Hi. today. I'm sorry, but you know, Queen China Bird coming through. Just stopping by. Seeing how y'all doing. Making sure y'all having a good day mental health is everything by the way oh yeah one more thing sorry one more thing got a little windy there can we please talk about the coonery Is, is is, is that a thing can we do that I don't know if that's stepping out of bounds or if that's gonna start up some issues but I would love to talk about the coonery please
1: girl Ooh, oh, it's, gonna... he was tap dancing and once again obviously i'm not saying this is every black man that goes after white women but for the black men that are dedicated to whiteness i want to say this is the outcome i'm sorry
2: this is so fucking weird and creepy and cringy and it makes me feel like i haven't bathed i like honestly just listening to it um
1: Wilton. And the fact that he got like upset because some of these white women didn't want to call him that. And he got upset because they didn't want to. Girl, it's the coonery for me.
2: They they, they he literally said, People didn't really want to play like that with me. Oh, really, Mayno? What? What a shock. I can't believe it. People didn't want to go ahead and call you the N word and whip you and have you speak <laughs> Yes and Masa. Like uh, you know what? Let me stop. Um
6: Wilton <laughs> Some black people like I don't understand like, oh my god, this bride. Stay really did a whole lot of stuff to white people that did a whole lot to us. For us, for some black people to rethink that's acceptable because even seen, I've even seen something like that in porn, like that's ridiculous. Like how can you? They need to somebody need to build a time machine and send them back to 1842, and see if they'll still like that stuff. It's
1: everywhere, and like I said, like. This is, I don't even watch interracial porn. I watch Black Game porn because I don't have time for the microaggressions. I don't... Next you know, you see a Confederate flag on the wall. And it's like, girl, it's just too much going on.
2: <laughs> and, let, and also, let's... We have to talk about the fact that obviously they're trying to get him to say more things. So they're like, oh, it's a fantasy. It's a fantasy. This should actually happen. So it's not actually a fantasy.
1: Right.
2: This is... This is this, look, literally... That exact situation has actually played out. And usually the slave dies after these interactions. I feel like Mino forgot
3: that part. Don't know. Um, It's Marcel though. Oh my God. Yeah, that's the first time I've heard it in its entirety. Like I had scrolled past it on the shade room once he started spouting that bullshit. Um... Which is very disturbing. Like, what is mm. wrong with you? You know what I'm saying? Like, wow. I um, I don't know. And they sniggling and giggling on the podcast like that shit's funny. Like that shit is disturbing, bro. Like, I'm sorry. I, I mm.
1: look. They was giggling on the podcast because they know it's gonna get them some views. That's what Angela Angela you was like. Go ahead and say it. There's cameras all no, over here. No, Go ahead and
2: say it. <laughs> like it's just between you and me. Oh my god. And by the way. The fact that he said, "Oh, I'm gonna get canceled for this." No, mano, you're not gonna get canceled. We're gonna talk about it for a month, and then you're gonna go back to making money the way you have since. Um, I need everybody to stop yeah. pretending that that shit is real. Um, They're gonna cancel me for this one. If <laughs> you are a cis man, you will be okay. Um, Honeybee,
7: <laughs> hi panel. I I'm not gonna lie. This <laughs> this topic. <laughs> oh, whoa! It. it It lifted some things up in me. Shit, the stories that I have to tell you then. (laughs) You might be concerned. I am okay if I gotta say something. I'm letting you know I'm okay. But
2: people are fucking weird, bro. Oh my God. Yo, you just gave me so much anxiety and fear in my heart for you. Um, honeybee.
7: (laughs) I will tell you one experience that happened recently. So I'll fast forward because it is weird. But um this individual who is a white man um messaged me on Instagram cuz mine is linked on here and I told he asked if it was okay and I've seen him a couple times in stereo so I was like all right cool. Um that's fine. But then it got weird and I wish I had said no because he was like there's something I'm trying to experience and I'm like listen no, I don't want nothing to do with that. I, if I allow you on my Instagram I'm not looking for nothing from you. I'm literally just, you know, trying to build a little community of friends for myself. You know what I mean? But to fast forward what he asked, I thought it was supposed to be about some virginity shit. I'm like, no. He wanted me to give him a role play with him about giving him a swirly or a wedgie.
1: What in the hell? L- listen,
2: and, and we're going to detour for just a second because Honeybee also triggered some memories in myself where there have been some white men who have asked me to do some ridiculous things. And thankfully we never stopped being over the phone after they said what they said. Um, I had a guy ask me, telling me that first of all, he wants pictures of the backs of my feet. He wants before and after shots. So before I walk into a club or someplace really dirty, barefoot, then he wants the pictures of after Then he wants me to come over and step on his face. And he says, look, and honestly, it's going to look like I'm dying. Ignore that. (sighs) So obviously I didn't meet that man in person because he's trying to make me go down for a murder charge. (laughs) I think that's what your real fantasy is. Um, Listen, I have. They've been, they wanted a lot. Listen, they've asked me for some weird stuff. And I hate the fact that they would always come off normal. Like, oh, you know, regular guy. No, I want you to choke me out until I die. Can you step on my throat? Is that possible with
1: heels? No. 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 So, so why would I do that so that I can be on the news What Black man kills white? <laughs> white, Black woman kills white man, and then y'all hang my ass or something? Girl, I'm not going to do that shit. This is why... I don't go for white. I, this is why I stay away from pink pink because I don't have time for shit like that. I just don't. I usually side eye if any white man approaches me. Oh, you're very cute. What's your intentions? What do uh, you want from this? Because I be hearing, oh, I just want to try black. I want to try chocolate. Oh, since you're black, I bet you got big cock. And you know, I hate the fucking word cock. I hate that word so much. I feel like a rope is around my neck. I don't like that word.
5: Bro, but
2: yeah, I usually
1: I don't I don't trust it,
2: and and I'll also say this: there is nothing wrong with BDSM and being in an interracial relationship. You like what you like. However, (laughs) because you know the caveat is coming. However, um, liking what you like when that all of a sudden moves into race play and someone's calling you a racial slur and you calling them massa, I need you to know that we are no longer in BDSM. We've exited the realms. You can't call what I do that because I don't. I just wanted to make sure I put that out there because I don't want you to think if you're an interracial relationship, oh, automatically bondage, this means. No, 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 no. You put the meaning in it that you want to put in it. Did you see the meaning that Mano put in it? You saw what he did, right? See how that's different? Just want to put that out there. Um, oh, let's start from the bottom. Um, your name. So you wouldn't like to be on the farm then where all those cocks are playing with the chickens then? <laughs> <Wait. Ooh. laughs> oh, my. oh man, uh, fledged to the...
8: Good morning, listeners. Good morning, Aaron and Sid. Yeah, Mayno is problematic. Um, I had heard about him through my journey of hip-hop, but I didn't actually see him until Love and Hip-Hop. And beyond that, I think I had seen a clip of him being disrespectful and wasting time by uh, for little Kim's performance. And it was supposed to be, I think, a dedication to her, and then he ended up making it about himself. So... Already problematic there. Problematic when he was on the show. And I've just heard ever since then through the grapevine that he's problematic across the board. Just a a mess. So I'm not surprised that he would even say something like this. And to be honest, this is not the first time I've heard of people who get into that. Um, Yeah, that's just... I just don't think people should even mess with that because that's just not good for the psyche. And uh, yeah, that's that's awkward. Just awkward. I don't don't get people's um, sexual turn on sometimes, but eh.
2: and I also wonder, for the people in that room with Mayno, obviously they had to go and pretend something else because they needed this to go viral, and they need him to keep talking so they can't shame him in the moment the way that I would. Um, but I'm really wondering, what the fuck was going through their minds where they were like because cause as soon as I heard it, I was like, oh oh, no. it was like seeing a bad car crash. No, 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 don't go. Ah, that was the whole like, it went,
1: did you see, it's this new trend going on on TikTok now, where it's like interracial couples like, oh, my massa and like the a white man be holding the black girl's hair in, in, her, in or, his or, hand. Or,
2: the, or their collar like yoking them up or something and
1: this is so funny. I'm like, oh my god. And then when we say uh, this is problematic, y'all just kink shaming and y'all just don't understand what fantasy is. I'm like, it's not fantasy. This shit actually happened. I don't understand why y'all keep saying fantasy. People die from this shit. Why are you
2: displaying it? And listen, what if you just want to be a little depraved, little doja cat behind closed doors? What if that's what you want to do? Go ahead. Why are you displaying it to people? And listen, it's not like Mano didn't know what the fuck he was saying. The entire time while he was saying this, he was like, oh, this is bad. They gonna cancel me. Oh, don't even do this. Don't even try that. Blah, blah, blah. Like all kinds of shit. It's not. So he has obviously an awareness that there's an issue.
1: Yeah. And he knew yeah. that it was an issue. And that's why Angelina was like, yo, go ahead and say that dumbass shit. Go ahead and say it. So we can get these views up. <laughs>
2: Angelie, you are a, a coward and an instigator, but you are one hell of a businesswoman. I'll tell you what. <laughs> um,
3: <laughs> um, it's Marcel child we get into weird stories back in college i used to do a little sex work myself nah um i don't know it might count but uh you know i was dibbling and dabbling around on fet life or whatever and i found this group of women who was talking about selling panties and so i got me a couple of clients but then there was this one who you know you you he asked for some really specific things and after that i kind of stopped um some men wanted period panties but this man wanted me to wear the panties for a few days, work out in them, sweat in them, and then send them. All of them had, like, PO boxes that you could send them to. Um, It, it just got really weird. Like, it just got really weird, bro. And I don't know what race exactly they were, but um, don't sound, you know, too... Black of a shade, if you understand
1: what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I feel like I have a guess. I feel like I have a guess I, of what
3: I, I feel like deep <laughs> down
2: I may have a clue. Just deep deep down. I think I I think I know what race of people this is, but it's okay. We're gonna leave it alone. Uh honey I wish that shit was made up.
7: I wish it was. And I'm just like, Poor what baby. the fuck? What do you think you're I am? And then he continued on. He's like, Oh, if you're mad enough, we can really get into it then when you're mad. I'm like what is that no no and i consistently i constantly kept telling this person i'm not talking to you like that nor did i imply anything like that so let's stop let's stop and he's like oh you know we can really get into it if you're mad and i was like bro you did not this was not the same person that i talked to like i feel like a personality switched like i was like too much no 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 and I ended up having to
2: block this person i was like what the fuck no no consent no consent at all nobody cares uh <laughs> honey when
7: i used to go to college in maine i've had like obviously you know when you first go to college you download tinder and you just but you know there's a, wh- a bunch of white men up there so I'm just like bro where's the diversity on this app and like Yo. the shit that they would say was a ast- was terribly astonishing they would be like oh you know I've never had that chocolate experience or oh you know oh, I could oh. try something new I'm not an experiment bro F off my case please like this is why I'm just like bro no 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 and then to drop the n-word when they try to like somehow seduce me no the like, people are fucking weird my god <laughs> my goodness like mm-mm.
1: this is why like I, I don't understand like this whole oh i can't be racist because I'm, i want to try you out no biz. i am not a sam's club bitch you're not gonna sample shit over here Bro, stay your ass over there because I'm not gonna be your experiment. You don't see me as human, you see me as like a lab rat that you want to try and see what happens,
2: bruh. The chocolate experience, nigga. Do I look like Willy Wonka to you? The fuck is wrong with you, bro. It's uh,
9: but I noticed and it's so
2: icky. Some
1: people might get mad at me for saying this, but I feel like for the black people who I know um, this is from a queer standpoint. I noticed that a lot of Black gay men kind of lower their worth when it because the partners that they end up with who are white usually look like something off of like Rufus off from Kim Possible or something. Oh, I feel me. like we don't know how beautiful we are because it's given like the standards are so much lower when it comes Listen. to the when it comes to dating white men.
2: Listen, don't we all know that one, that one nigga in the hood who was like, oh, no, you know, I'm
1: different. And then they
2: come back with the loudest, fattest, most ghetto white woman and be like, so you wanted, you know what? It's cool. Go on, brother. Go on. Fly, fly free. Fledge to death.
8: Oh my god, Marcel, I don't mean to have this conversation through comments or over the podcast, but my roommate in in college used to do that and I would see her go out for runs and get uh um to to uh to get her panties uh, sweated out. And at the time now, she expressed to me that it was specifically a man that was trying to live the full life as a woman. So he wanted period panties. He wanted panties that smelled um, sweaty um, to, I guess, emulate the act of having a vagina. But that is so crazy you said that because she's the only person I met um, who got into that. Um, and also, you know, the only person I talked to about fat life, Lord.
2: And, and listen, set life I'm here for it. But there's got to be boundaries, people. Um, and, and, yo, the story that Fletch just told blew my fucking mind. I'm sorry. What? Okay, we're going to move on. It's okay. Because I, there's, there's too many questions. That could be a whole show right there. Um, <laughs> so, no real talk, guys. That was a lot in 30 seconds. I'll tell you what. Um, so, I feel like uh, basically, in conclusion, when we are talking about fetishes, I, I'm not here to yuck anybody's yum, but I am here to call out what it, when it looks problematic, when it gets fucked up. And because I'm not an expert, I'm not going to go ahead and get into like uh, BDSM and all of the details and stuff because I'm just learning things now myself. But what I will say is that I don't want anybody to ever normalize this as okay. We are already seeing it in porn. We're seeing people now be free about it. Um, there are people in the comments, oh, leave Mino alone, man. Let him have his own fetish. No, I'm sorry. As a person that actually is into kink and fetish, I do not claim that. Get the fuck out of here with that shit. I'm not about to be like, oh, yeah, race play is a viable, legitimate kink. No, it's not. No, it's not. Fuck out of here. And you're gross. Just in case yeah, you this, you're
1: gross. I, I'm just going to say it for what it is. It's self-hate. I'm sorry. Like, you're not gonna say, especially white people, oh, I'm not racist, but I, I'm, I'd like to call him nigger in the bedroom. No, bitch. I'm not gonna let you get away. Like, you can't get away with that. I'm sorry. You can't, how the hell are you gonna say, oh, Black Lives Matter, all this shit? And I have, I'm dating someone with his nigger cock. And no, I'm not gonna oh, let you get away with that.
6: Jesus. Like, oh my goodness. Wilton. Man, you don't need to read about Madame LaLaurie from New Orleans and need to read about the White Witch from Rose Hall down in Montego Bay, Jamaica. I don't know if y'all heard about that last one. I did not, but I'm about to look that
2: shit up. I tell you what, I definitely did not. Um, So I really want to, this next topic, I feel like um, I'm always finding something, these so interesting things when I'm Googling and scrolling. And I think we've talked um, just in passing about imposter syndrome. And basically my understanding of what imposter syndrome was, was that you, even though you have all of the skills, you still might think that you're not able to do it. Um, And I wanted to, and as I was just scrolling, I learned about more of the history of it. And I wanna play that for you guys. (laughs)
10: <laughs> You're a part of academia in any way this post is for you educational and ethical reasons joanna hollingsworth said they are no longer using the term imposter syndrome because last night they were taught by dr tashin informed them the concept was developed by two white women who explained why my folks feel like they're outsiders or face self-doubt but it gets more critical right Hollingsworth continued by saying, in reality, the root of this fraud feeling is a result of systemic bias and exclusion. And rather than naming that, society, aka the academy, found another term to cover it up and name the experiences of marginalized community that places blame on the person rather than the system that created the condition in the first place. Sprinkle a little context in. Imposter syndrome, also called perceived fraudulence, involves feelings of self-doubt and personal incompetence that persist despite your education, experiences, and accomplishments. They basically told us in college that imposter syndrome is when you get into a space and place and you feel like you do not belong. Then Dr. Kimya Dennis chimed in by saying I'm a black sociologist who told black people for years to stop using code switch and imposter syndrome. Fellow Pan-African Dr. Du- uh, Dr. Du Bois gave us double consciousness more than a century ago and too many people have known the terms presented by white people. And then Dr. Dennis chimed in with some receipts in the form of tweets by saying, the phrase code which was presented by a white man and applied by mostly white linguists since the 1950s. Black people extended versions since the 1970s and used the phrase more since 2016. Centuries of black knowledges keep telling black people to stop relying on us. Well, but we are so lost in the sauce and indoctrinated, we still continue to rely on standards of people and perceptions that is not counterintuitive for us or not good for us. I don't know what the hell I meant by counterintuitive. And Heather Harrison tapped in with more illustration of this old shenanigans, what well, I'm gonna call pathology at this point. She said, I didn't know that, but realized most of my imposter syndrome was based on how I'd been gassing others in my head, making more of them and their accomplishments. Now, shifting that energy to hype myself, remembering that I do belong and taking up space unapologetically. Yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. In conclusion, just like I seen in the old TikTok video, whose imagination are we living in, especially in the academy? See, a lot of us claim to be real critical and trying to progress and move forward, but a lot of the terms that we use are steeped in pathology, especially how it talks about people of color in those spaces. Education is elevation. I appreciate y'all. <laughs>
2: All right, so what did you think about that? Because I found that very interesting. These were things that I hadn't, hadn't known before. I took imposter syndrome for exactly what it was, um, what I thought in the video. But after looking through more context, watching the video, actually um, reading things on it, I was like, God damn, we are still using ideologies that have nothing to do with us, things that they've given us that we've tried to expand the meaning, but has all of these roots in colonization and the patriarchy
1: yeah especially like code switching for example and oh it was yeah something else he said but um yeah i'm glad that we definitely played this because that is very important and especially with the part on how we place blame on the person instead of why the person did it in the first place which is the system for example um uh someone robbed the bank okay yes that's bad or whatever However, think about where that person is in their life and why they had to rob the bank in the first place. Again, people are working okay. two to three jobs and still can't pay the bills. You have all these things going on, redlining and so on and so forth. So when I hear yeah. that multi-billion dollar banks are getting robbed, I'm like, I promise you the bank will be fine. <laughs> like,
2: <laughs> uh, FDIC insured is a thing, people. Listen, I have no problem with people stealing from companies. Stealing from people is wrong. Companies, I feel like that shit is fair game. Um, but, um, and I also feel like it's uh, really important that we acknowledge all of the roots of certain things. I'm not saying, uh, oh my God, you need to strike it from your vocabulary and I, and you should never use it again. Listen, it's been, it's, it's a conditioning, right? So uh, all I'm asking you to do is to be open to taking the baby steps to at least finding out where these words come from? What, like, just finding out the root of it? Who actually created it? Because when we talk about the BMI being racist, we don't, uh, uh, like, people will just be like, "Oh, that's stupid. That's just a, uh, that's just how they tell." When in actuality, the person that actually created the BMI was racist. He was into eugenics, all kinds of crazy shit. So we have to be able to start striking some of those things from the record and realizing that those things are not for us. Um.
6: See here. Wilton. The White Witch of Rose Hall, she had a plantation down in Montego Bay, Jamaica. And what she used to do was take her black male slaves and she used to have sex with them. And when she brought them into the plantation house upstairs, they would never come back down alive. And eventually the men, she went through a lot of the men, the slave men, and eventually they got tired of the things she was doing and they end up storming the place and end up killing her. Plus, she was into voodoo, like the wicked voodoo,
2: yeah, not the regular voodoo. regular voodoo is fine, whatever that bitch was into. Mm-mm. Wow, that's crazy. I really am gonna have to look that up. That should be a movie anyway. um fletched to death
8: I will definitely leave you a voice text in the back chat about all those shenanigans with my friend, um, so with that side. Yeah, uh, so speaking on the main and even with the imposter syndrome, it is just a shame and, and more so why when it comes to the race play that that needs to be stayed away from because of things when we talk about the imposter syndrome and what America has groomed black folks to justify, to rationalize, to accept, mm-hmm. to make a part of their day-to-day walk in life. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it, the psychological trauma, the psychological effects, and again, the grooming to accept certain behaviors and certain, honestly, disrespect needs to be addressed. We need to talk about it more, for sure, and we need to avoid some things to not perpetuate our own uh, our own stereotypes. Honestly,
2: it's true. It's true. Um, But I I, I just thought that was something that was really interesting. I knew that was going to be a topic that we kind of flew through. But the reason why that I I really wanted to post it is because I feel like when we find out things like this, we're really going to have to start sharing it with one another so that we can all participate in the structure of decolonizing our minds. We can all go ahead and participate in trying to break down um, the systems um that have been put in place in order to like in actuality keep us at a certain level and i feel like because of we we have suffered through this level of oppression this type of education is paramount in order for us to rise above it instead of just being like this is where we are and we can't change it absolutely uh oh queen china burke
1: I think
5: that's very interesting, the whole voodoo aspect of it, I would love to um, sit in on a talk about that, because I did try to look up a little bit about that, just because I was just curious about it, and um, the slave owners that that knew that their slaves were into voodoo, they would beat them until they taught them some the kind of variation of voodoo, thinking that you know, they would be all-powerful because they would have the power of reading. But they didn't teach them the same things. They taught them, like, a little bit of here, a little bit there, and then white people took that on. And, yeah, I just think that's really interesting. I want to get more into that, honestly.
2: Yeah, We do definitely kind of have to um, dive into a talk on African spirituality and how they went about trying to kill it. <laughs> Um, throughout any um, throughout Africa and the way that they had were able to pervert it to the point where you you people today are afraid of even the words voodoo um, and which is in, insane to me especially when you actually trace back to where we were before colonization but I honestly feel like we've been kind of conditioned as a people to not do that we are conditioned as a people to believe that our inception. Um, just started with slavery, to be honest. I think we all know on a on a cognitive level that's not the case. But when we talk about our history, we that's where we talk about the most. We don't talk about the things that happened beforehand. We talk about slavery and the effects of it a, a, in society. And because of that, that has caused us not to do further research into who we are as people. At least that's how I feel.
1: Um, yeah, I'd be quick to like tell people, especially Black folks, when they be talking about, oh, that's wicked. That's like, voodoo and all I'm like you do know like sometimes the anti blackness be jumping out when people when black folks talk about voodoo. I'm like this v- voodooism is a black like, but again, we have some people who don't like you said it's slavery and beyond it's not before slavery, so they want to talk about it,
2: basically um now we're gonna go ahead and get into our, our next topic, <laughs> uh which was a good segue for what does it actually mean to decolonize your mind Um, for real? Like, what does that actually mean for us? And um, I'm gonna uh, give it to uh, Aaron, because I know there was something that prompted you to uh, put this topic in.
1: This is something that I just thought about because I hear this a lot in the black community, like, oh, we gotta decolonize our minds. But I want us to understand, like, it's a lot of work. To go into that, it's a lot. We live in an anti-Black world. It's so much to it. And I actually have the article pinned. I'm going to read some of this article. So, decolonizing the mind means deconstructing the thoughts, preferences, and values that derive from a colonial way of thinking. This is a process that inevitably leads to more fundamental questions. What is a colonial way of thinking? Who thinks in this way? How did people's minds get, quote-unquote, colonized in the first place? A colonial mentality or the colonized mind shows a preference or desirability for whiteness and cultural values, behaviors, physical appearances and objects from or derivative of the West, Western Europe or the USA with disdain or undesirability for anything coming from the non-West. It is present in white people and black, indigenous and people of color manifesting its way in a variety of ways. These these sentiments can be traced back to the colonial era when Europeans wrote about indigenous people in the Americas, Africa, the Middle East, and Asia, using the terms savage, wild, and uncivilized to describe their encounters. This was further based on European sense of cultural and biological superiority, leading to the so-called, quote-unquote, civilizing mission to save the uncivilized races from themselves, so prominently used to uphold imperialism and colonialism. So it could be a lot of things, beauty standards, uh, the way, again, we talk about colorism, colorism is so much to it. And
2: well, I feel like uh, I feel like decolonize your mind. It's a really broad statement, right? Because there are so many ways that you're gonna have to be able to do it. Um, and depending on who you are, the path that you take on decoling, decolonizing your mind is gonna be different. Um, like if you're Asian, you're thinking about decolonizing yoga, something that white people have completely co opted for themselves, making money off of things that your indigenous people have created and they're perverting it. They're not teaching it fucking correctly. Like you, like, and let's say you as a person grew up here in America where you the only yoga that you saw around you was done by white folks and then you come to read and find out who the indigenous people were that actually led that movement and then for black people especially when you are queer when you're queer as well we have to remember that that's a whole different branch of decolonizing your mind i feel like what we need to understand is that there is levels to this shit and depending on who you are you have different homework and that's just the truth. And I think that we need to really recognize the different homeworks that we're going to have to have in order to be able to get to a space where we are not leaning on white supremacy like a crutch the way we do today.
1: There's a lot of divide and conquer going on in the Black community. And I feel like this is why it's so divided. We're, I'm still hearing conversations about, oh, you're Black, but are you really Black or you're not Black enough? It like It's like we... But we're supposed to stand it together in solidarity. So it's just so much to it. And let's not pretend where this came from to begin with. This is what they wanted.
2: Exactly. And I feel like, again, it's so super important for us to acknowledge these things because you can't fix what you don't acknowledge. We can't continue to put a Band-Aid on the broken bone of the black community and call it black excellence and think that everybody underneath is getting fixed. It's over a broken bone. Right now there's sepsis. Things are like, shit shit is infected because we're not willing to call a thing a thing and actually talk about the problems and where it stems from. Just like you said, when you gave the analogy of robbing a bank, you think about robbing a bank and you're like oh that's terrible i can't believe he did that but you don't think about the dire straits that that person was put in to think that this is the only way that he's going to be able to come up when we talk about um, um, prisoners and we and this is also queer and trans people as well they already have a tough time getting a job in the first place let's not pretend that's not a thing now you have a felony these people aren't getting rehired and then you're when and then you're so shocked when they reoffend and end up in jail that's a cycle on purpose. They make it so that if you have a felony, a bunch of these places have have rights not to hire you. Yeah. Rights to make sure that you're not living your life. Let's not pretend this is, is not a system. It's got to go. Basically, and this is why, you know, I you always be saying Aaron is an anarchist. And I'm like, damn, I think I'm becoming one too. This nigga done infected.
1: I has got to go. <laughs> like, it's no way... You can I have to keep telling folks like this whole respectability politics, you would never get that from me. You cannot reform white supremacy. It's got to go. So that's
11: just where I'm at with that.
2: And uh, oh Tito. Hey Tito.
11: I mean, beyond beauty standards and colorism, I feel like this was brought up the last time, but language, the the mm. fact that the English language or whatever language Whoever was speaking when they came to colonize everybody, when you deemed your language superior, just like Americans do every, every damn time when they choose that they can't speak Spanish and that everyone has to speak English. Uh, but because of that, you go to another place, you don't understand them, you don't understand their, um, their language, how intelligent they may be. So you assume they're stupid, we need to help them. And then there you go. Then you implant everything, including your diseases, your 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 insecurities, your everything, onto them. Mm. And that's that's how stuff goes. That's long as time ago, all the way to today, that shit's still happening.
1: It's so strong. Like you're right. It's so strong because when I moved to this country from Jamaica, I had a very very strong accent, and all I knew was patois. Now people like when I tell them, like, oh my god, like I didn't even expect... That's how strong this shit is. So when I hear people, um, mm-hmm. when I hear people from Africa say, "Oh, it's never been a, it's never been an African thing to be queer. We've never been a queer continent." I'm like, "You are literally telling me this while you're speaking English, but you're gonna, t- <laughs> 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 but you're gonna tell me that it's never been a African has never been queer or gender fluid." Absolutely.
3: But yeah, it's so um, much to
1: it. Um, decolonizing your mind. Now, I'm about to say something that's going to piss some people off um, because I look at racism as more than just an action or a characteristic. I look at it from a systemic standpoint. I, and hell, even my person who happens to be white understands where I'm coming from when I say this. So if they can get it, it's like, come on. But me, I believe that all white people are inherently racist because they benefit from a system which hurts people like black and brown folks. They may not be around wearing white clothes and saying nigger and like, it could be something as small as you asking to touch my hair. It's so much to it. It's, it's like a tree and it's that tree has many branches.
5: Absolutely. It's
2: so embedded about... in
1: this society that they, it's like, so yes, I that's just where I'm at with that.
2: Um, and when we talk about inherent racism, we are talking about the system. We are talking about that like you we are literally living within a racist system. There are neighborhoods that have been drowned out just because they were black. They killed all the people and filled it with water. Redlining. My mom got to the point where she stopped even trying to buy a home. She has rented her entire life because she would get that, she would be approved over the phone with the credit and so on and so forth. She would go to see them and it was, oh, the house has already been purchased. I was on the phone with you 15 minutes ago. I'm sorry, it's already been purchased. She is so discouraged to the point where she's just like, oh, I just I'll rent for the rest of my life. You know how who has to buy her a house? Me.
1: Why people have she's had, never had so going to much power it. for so long and they've had the ability to control so much for so long that they don't even realize it. Like when I call them out on it, they want to get mad when we call them out on that shit. Like y'all the british colonized my country like where i'm from but again until they they have the power to get rid of the system that they benefit from but they know that that would cost them their privilege until they overthrow that system that system is hurting black and brown folks they may not be they might be the sweetest allies but until they overthrow it they are inherently racist for ex- another example when i hear um women say all men are trash or men are this I'm not going to get mad at that because we're talking about the system of patriarchy. You may, if you know, they're not talking about you, then that's not you. A hit dog is going to holler regardless. And,
2: and, and that's really the, and that's really the fact of it. And it sucks when we have to talk about these things. We have to constantly, like, cause we're not going to be apologetic on this podcast, but there are going to be people who come into the comments and going to be like, Oh my goodness, I can't believe you would say that all white people are racist. That's racist. Like <laughs> like, like and I'm and it's like baby boo We're talking about the system i didn't say that you got a pitchfork and you went to a jabron's house and you went like i'm not saying that you did that what i'm saying is is that you participate in a system and until you are trying to effectively break it down you are participating so you participate in a system that is built on our oppression and on the lands of indigenous cultures like this is just what it is and it's the system that's like this so whether it's BMI, we talk about racism in healthcare, we talk about racism in, in almost every aspect especially in the judicial system. We will have two men who have done the exact same crime and we will see the black one always go to jail for how many years longer.
1: And this is what I be talking about when I say the system. And I'm not I'm not the type to say not all white people. You know who you are number one. And number two like in and- until that system which you benefit from, which is hurting me, is overthrown, because we as black we, we can't do it by ourselves. So until that system is overthrown, I don't want to hear it. All white people are inherently racist. Like, I'm sorry, I'm not finna sugarcoat and say, Oh, well, not all white people, because if I say it not all white people, then the ones who are actually problematic as fuck are gonna say, Well, they ain't talking about me, then I'm gonna keep No. I'm not gonna give you that room. So you know who you are at the end of the day. Yes. I have a little video clip from King of Reeds, kind of explaining this point a little bit.
12: And there was conversations about race. There were certain things that they were saying that was very anti-black. And let me tell you something. I don't know how to. I'm not interested in making white people feel comfortable. This is not. Uh, what's the name of their show? This show on Netflix. They're white people. I'm not interested in making white people feel comfortable. But I will say this. White people are racist. Point blank, period. They benefit from racism. So with that being said, with that being known, there's not a time when white folks are not saying anything that's not not anti-black. Like, it's going to come out. It's just going to come out. Like, (laughs) it's easy to come out I don't care how much of an ally you claim to be or whatever is going to come out because it is embedded in society as you as a white person what you've been taught like girl if it's hard for black folks to erase it with being black it's sure in the hill gonna be entirely difficult for you to erase all anti-black thought from your white mind it's just for that and i don't want to sound like a quote-unquote hotel and talk to my black folks because i'm not out here crushing anything for Dr. Sebi or any other stuff. I don't believe in none of that stuff, but I just want folks to understand and see what is being shown because something is not making sense. Something is not making sense.
1: But yeah, that's where I'm at with that. Um, yeah, I'm not respectability politics. That's ne- that's not going to work. You know who you are you know the system that you benefit from you may not be doing anything that is actively racist but you still participate in the system which hurts black and brown folks still and again my, and again my friend who happens to be white I told that to his face and he understood everywhere and was like absolutely I fucking agree and he's doing even though it's just him he's still doing what he can to you know call out folks and he's actively like trying to do shit
2: Yeah, and my my bestie and uh, another um, amazing person who happens to be white. When I have these, we have to have these conversations. And by the way, I just want to let all white people know that if your Black friends do not talk to you about race and the things that you go through and the things that they go through, then you don't have a Black friend. You have a Black coworker or associate because these are the things that I went through. And of course, if you're my friend, I'm going to talk about it. And when I would have these conversations with her, she would always make sure that she was checking her privilege and noticing. And she would even call me and be like, yo, I think I noticed another thing about myself, the fucking conditioning, man. Like the things that she has to break out of. She's trying to decolonize her mind. But you see how our both of our uh, journeys are so different? Our journeys are very different in reference to decolonizing your mind, and when it comes to white people, you have a very different path that you need to walk and walk steadily because all of this fake allyship that we are constantly seeing—you're—you got have BLM in your profile, but you want to be like, oh, my chocolate cocoa queen—I've never tried Reese's Pieces peanut butter before, like the the fuck.
1: Again, I I no longer want white white, white allies. I need accomplices only. I need an accomplice. I don't want no more allies.
2: Yeah. Straight up, and if I can call you an accomplice, like that—that—that's that's all. Honestly, that's what I require at this point. I thought that allyship was something that I could tolerate, and I really can't. Because, because let
1: me tell you something. So Nike, uh, quote just like Nike, quote unquote, allyship. They said, "Girl, we know you blacks like sneakers and shit. Let's go ahead and throw this Colin Kaepernick on the front of Nike, a desirable light-skinned black man, just so we can get you niggers to buy our shit." We see through the bullshit. I don't want no more, like, performative shit. And same for Pride Month. Oh, we know you fags every month. We're going to put rainbows everywhere. And it's not like, girl, I see through the bullshit. I don't want any more allies.
2: And and I also want to go ahead and point out, especially in reference to the Nike situation, the reason why Nike did that, it was because they know that white people are in the global minority. So therefore, the Black and BIPOC dollar is that much stronger so they're just catering to a group it makes financial sense to do what they did because if there was way more white supremacists out there there was way more all of that other shit out there i promise you they would be making fucking confederate flag fucking sneakers (sighs) and that's just what it
5: is stock somewhere
2: (laughs) you know the 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 special edition you know uh fletched to death
8: Yes, I love King of Reads. I appreciate Justin. And honestly, when I uh, came to this podcast, it made me kind of think of him because I love hearing queer black people speak the truth full-throatedly from their chest. It's 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 so refreshing to hear. Uh, so with that said, um, I also came on to Stereo originally because of Bob the Drag Queen and um, Manea Exchange. And I, again... When Bob the Drag Queen said just straight up, um, and has said a few times, all white folks are racist, what, what you going to say about it? Because some of it is truly about a certain level of apathy that washes over white America. Um, there's some apathy that washes over black America as well, but not as much as it does when it comes to how we need to address the system that is screwing us over, honestly.
2: Facts. Facts.
8: and when it comes to uh decolonizing the mind i absolutely have to do that um often and i'm probably going to do a talk about get out and what i think people really aren't grabbing from that and uh, kind of the the american horror story if you will that black americans have to wake up day to day reconciling our last names reconciling the fact yes that we speak english reconciling a lot of things that are a result of both this racist system and obviously slavery. And it's a shame, some folks can't even reconcile the fact that they have European last names and what that means about their blackness, what that means about um, what white America has done and is still capable of. So yeah, we need to we need to sit back and really unpack these things for, for the betterment of ourselves.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. It, look, decolonizing, especially as black folks, decolonizing our mind it's a constant thing we have to keep doing. We live in an anti-black world. Let me tell you, Sydney. when I moved to this country from Jamaica, baby, let me tell you, I was tap dancing like a damn fool. I was tap dancing for these white folks. I was giving very much Ben Carson, very much Todrick Hall, very much just cooning out. But the more I, like, it, it, it took me a long time because now I, I just don't trust. It took me a long time to even be able to say that. But I don't feel bad telling white people to that face. Oh, it's a lot of fucking white people over here, or I don't trust white people, or (laughs) like, I'm not, you know, I don't really care anymore.
9: So, this is where I'm at
1: now.
2: I feel like like a lot of us are done living apologetically. Um, And I feel like, and that's in every sense, the same way that, you know, your family invited you over Uh, for a barbecue of some kind, and all they want, and your mom's like, "Oh, I need you to go ahead and take off your nail polish." No, um, that's not. That doesn't sound like a place where I'm going to be celebrated. I think I'm going to sit my ass right here at home. So when we talk about um that, and that's and that's just them um literally standing up for themselves and deciding I'm not going to go where I'm going to be tolerated. Um, which by the way, not even tolerated. Because literally the nail color was going to be, oh, that's I don't want your sexuality to be the topic of conversation over the fucking nail color. And um, also to Fletch to Def's point that I really wanted to point out, um, you know, when she was talking about Black people having to really reconcile with their last names, reconcile with having to speak English. And I think we all understand why Black people really aren't walking around mad and upset all the time. But for the ones that actually know what's going on, for the ones that know that English isn't our first tongue, for the ones that know, don't you think that shit is traumatizing? Don't you think we have a right to our anger? We literally realize my last name literally has blood on it. My last name has rape on it. My last name. Listen, yo, stop pretending I can't be upset about this shit. Stop pretending. To
1: be black in America is to be in a constant state of anger.
2: Listen, to be black to be black or and conscious is to be in rage at all times. I think it was Baldwin that said that. Um James Baldwin. <laughs> Not Alec. Um but I want but I really wanted to make sure that we are putting that out there that I think we understand why a lot of black people want to live in ignorance so they aren't angry all the time. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest with ourselves. A lot of them want to put their head in the sand because for them to actually really reconcile with the fact that everything on you, literally, we went from picking cottons in fields to now we do it in fucking stores. We, we, we're not, we're, we have not risen above. We've always been paying these, uh, pay, uh, having to pay, uh, pay it forward to the people that owned us. And then telling them, and then us turning around, having the audacity to turn to other Black people and be like, well, why don't you pull yourself up by the bootstraps? I did.
1: I I submitted to capitalism, which is a white supremacist agent. I I did all these things. I tapped theirs. Why can't you do it? And girl, we literally have, Oh, what's that Black Republican's name? Because girl, he did something and a lot of white folks were calling him niggers and I said, see what happened. You think that you trying to tap dance and be politically correct? They still see you as a nigga.
2: At the end of the day. At the end of the day.
1: I got this name.
4: I, Ooh, I, yes, I
1: people, especially I, I, her. Like these like black folks who have like to tap dance in front of whiteness. Again, just I don't know what to say. Uh, once again, and I can already see it now. Oh my god, Aaron's so racist. Literally Um, had this conversation with a friend who happens to be white and he understood every word I was saying when I talk about the system. He did not get mad at all.
2: But that is because he's an accomplice and he also wants to tear down that system as well. So there's going to be a level of understanding. There's going to be a level of, oh, I can't center myself in this moment. I have to listen. And I don't think a lot of white people have that ability um, to not
5: center themselves sometimes. Uh, Queen China Bear, hey, hey it's Queen China Bear, coming through again, real quick. I completely agree. Mental health is everything, and decolonizing your—I can't even say it right. Decolonizing your mind is the equivalent of mental health and healing, and trying to stop this generational trauma from going on to our kids. Something that our parents should have probably thought about doing themselves before they had a whole bunch of kids. But you know, I digress. If they don't do it. Okay, then we gotta do it. If we don't do it, then our kids are gonna have to do it. It's just getting put off generation after generation. And I'm, I'm about ending the bullshit. So yeah, decolonize your mind. That is a huge thing, and I think we all need to consider how it affects us and what's the best. Way to start, depending on our unique circumstances.
1: Absolutely, I had to. Um, another example: uh, my aunt, she was like, "Because my, I was letting my hair grow at one point." She was like, "You need to cut your nappy hair. Your hair nappy." I'm like, "I'm like, you do know that's an anti black thing to say, nappy." And actually, white folks came with that term. So I, <laughs> again, who are we trying to? So I cut my hair. You want it to be more straight, especially. That's why I'm here for like more black women using the natural hair, letting it grow out afro or whatever because why are we trying to why is white the, always the standard well we know why but it's like why are we trying to sh- change ourselves to make white people feel comfortable i shouldn't have to cut off my dress to get a job i shouldn't have to do nothing
2: honestly and and i feel like we have been so conditioned to appease and assimilate to the point where for the longest time Whenever I went for uh, job interviews, I um, would, at least especially in the beginning, child, I would always have my hair in a nice little pixie cut. Nobody couldn't say that it wasn't um, professional. Nobody couldn't say that it was whatever. And then I got to the point where you could tell that there was a shift in my mindset because I started doing the exact opposite. Um, instead of doing what I would usually do and have my hair straight and kind of just basically wildified and then coming in with, with my Afro later and being like, nigga, I got the job, what you gonna say now? Um, I instead would do the opposite and I would come in with the biggest Afro, now I have my locks, I would have braids, I would have whatever, because I would think to myself, my logic was if you can't give me the job based on what I naturally look like, then what's then I don't wanna have issues during that job with you. So I'd rather you just tell me no, and I can just be like, go on about my way and find someplace else where it would accept the way I naturally look. That shit is crazy. So that, Yeah, and that I never makes like...
1: sense to me because I can't help the way my hair grows. It grows the way it grows. We don't have the same hair as white folks. And th- that's the thing. Whiteness is such a standard. It's like, oh my God, that's unprofessional. This whole professionalism, it's given like, I want to even say that professionalism, the idea of that is kind of like a white supremacist ideology as well. Because all of these things, your hair has to look this certain way and you can't be dressed like, girl, I can't help the way my hair grows. I'm sorry that you don't have this kind of hair, but it's not going to give Tad, it's not going to give Tim Tim, it's going to give a nigga. Like, girl, that's just the way my hair grows. So this whole, you need to comb it and you need to do all these things. That's I'm not doing that.
2: Or they'll say that you won't go ahead and have, like, you won't ever have a high-paying job with that hairstyle, with locks or whatever. And I'm letting you know right now, it, these, we also start businesses. We also sometimes don't even need your fucking jobs. So And I, and I need um, people to realize that instead of asking for a seat at their table, you need to go chop down a tree and fashion that shit. Because I promise you, um, you having your own table that no one can eject you from is the like I'm sorry this is the reason why we have this platform because look, what would it be like us trying to struggle within the manosphere and be like oh listen to us no fuck you bro you don't need to be a part of our conversation we had to be the ones to build our own table and I want everybody to know that it's possible for you to do so and also if you're at a job that does not appreciate the way you would look like naturally and you got a tap dance every morning trying to figure out how the fuck you're going to go to work with whatever they would deem presentable I'm letting you know there are jobs out there who can pay the same money that won't have to put you through that shit it's going to be harder to find but it's going to be so much better for your mental health straight up
1: absolutely like yeah uh, once again Go to places where you are celebrated, not tolerated. I'm not toning down my blackness. I'm not toning down my queerness. Um, I'm not black first and I'm not queer first. This is That pisses some cis-head black man off when I say that as well. I'm not black first because if I take my ass to the barbecue or the barbershop or anywhere, straight clubs, straight black clubs, Y'all be calling me faggot, sissy, punk, and all this other shit because you see my gayness first. You see my femininity first. And that shit is not forced. That's just who I am. That's just me. So stop with this. Well, you black first at the end of the day. But if I take my ass anywhere where it's mostly black, y'all be calling me faggot and all this other shit. And then I can't be queer first because... Queerness as a mainstream is still whitewashed to this very day. If I take my ass to the mainstream LGBT side, oh, you cute for a black boy, or I want some BBC, or oh, you're not really attracted because you're black. I, we don't have a safe space. So I'm black and queer at the same time. So that's just where that, I'm at with that.
2: And especially when you realize that the black queer community only takes up about 5% <laughs> of the community obviously there's going to be we, like you cannot pretend that i'm supposed to put my blackness away in some sort of situations and just be queer uh when i see racism going on and there's no fucking way that i'm going to be in situations with uh, with black folks and everybody's being homophobic and not say something this is same damn time energy
1: but here's what they'll what say what
2: situation am i in?
1: <clears throat> here's what they'll say when we say that oh because if i say oh homophobia is very rampant in the black community Oh, well, no, because every race can be homophobic. So what are you talking about? You are not fined to all eyes matter the situation and say, well, everyone else is doing it, so why can't I do it? No, bitch. You a damn fool if you don't think homophobia is on steroids in the black community. Come on now. Let's be like, honest. Like, I'm not for like this that. whole five-year-old argument. Oh, well, they can do it, so I can do it. No, I'm not going to let you get away with that.
2: Uh, no, and, and that's why we have what we have here. We hold people accountable. You're not about to go ahead and piss on my leg and tell me it's raining. Like, just stop. Uh, Wilton. Aaron and
6: Sid, we celebrate you on this podcast.
1: Aww. Aww.
2: Thank you, Wilton. Eddie's voice.
9: Yo, what's up, panel? Good morning, good morning, good morning. Mm-hmm. Salutations and greetings, earthlings. Um, I've been here listening and man, I was kind of triggered by the hair. Um, I've growing my hair out for two years, and um, uh, I'm Puerto Rican, and my mom's hair is straight, like, you know, very straight. And my hair intimidates her, and there have been plenty of times where she's like, oh, hey, you can't go out with me like that, or if, like, it's, like, not picked out and perfect, or, you know, I always have to wear a headband, and I feel, you know, like, and this is my mom, dude. So it really, um, the reason why I will not cut my hair is like, this is like one of the ways that I identify with my blackness, my Afro-Latino roots. You know what I'm saying? Like, the same way. Um, Absolutely. And
2: that's, an, and that's an example of texturism. And that is an example of texturism. Um, and it's really sad that that's something that he's getting at home. He he doesn't even have to leave the house in order to be attacked in that way. He, it it's like we it's like they do it before even the world gets to us. The shit is so crazy.
1: It's crazy because it's like again, this world is anti-black. So it's it's so much to it. It's like oh, that's just not professional. Like white folks will say, oh, that's not professional. You need to cut your dress off before you do this. But y'all be the main ones trying to get cornrows and box braids in your white heads and wonder why I look a damn fool. Y'all be trying to Justin Bieber and Justin Timberlake your hair and do all these other things and Kim Kardashian be trying to do that shit with her hair and it's still, because we don't have the same kind of hair texture, boo. You can't be us. (laughs)
2: Listen. Going bald. Going bald for this shit. See, this is the thing. (laughs)
1: you remember that time Justin Bieber did that shit to his hair and like he had turds all over his head
2: oh my god that that looks so gross I'm like and you already know how they be talking about how they don't bathe and and then then they be
9: oh, I'm like girl ah. <laughs>
2: let me stop let me stop let me stop all right <laughs> so um and I and I just want to also say a lot of times Um, Another excuse that um, homophobic parents will come up with, they'll say, oh, well, I don't want my child to be bullied. So you decided to be their first bully ever? You thought that that graduated to position where, oh, listen, I'm not gonna even let the world bully you. I'm gonna make sure that I bully you first and then you get on top of that some extra bullying. So there's never a safe space. Why can't you be like, why can't you think to yourself if they're gonna be bullied, I should be showing them more love. I should be showing them more kindness because the world's not going to show it. Why is that not the thought process? That's fucking weird. Don't have kids. Right.
4: Um,
2: But we are going to go ahead and move on um, to the next topic. And I found that this was actually um, very interesting because I think one thing that we haven't really tackled or talked about is financial abuse. And this shows up in so many different ways. And this can show up in all parts of the black community, whether it's queer um, or straight. And a lot of the times it is the more femme presenting person that really does get the bottom end of the stick because they are expected to be um, the more domestic one. So, you know, um, I feel like when we talk about the first stages of financial abuse, uh, at least putting my own situation in there. I remember I was with this guy who I was Super, super in love with like, you know, when you they come near you and you're like, oh, shit, it was one of those. Right. And I remember after a few months of dating and we decided that we were going to move in together. And right before we moved in, he said, you know what we should do? We should get a joint bank account. And I said, what? You know, because I'm not stupid. I was like, huh, why? <laughs> like we we've been paying bills together and we are going to continue to pay bills together now, you know? Um, and then it was like, no, no, no. And guess what? And to and to make it official, I'll close my account and you close your personal account and we'll just open one together so we can share everything. And I said, but why? I'm here thinking about my Amazon purchases. Nigga, that's not your business. I'm like, why? What's going on? Um, what do you, why, why do you need that from me? And when I say the explosion that erupted, all of a sudden i didn't trust him um how are we going to be able to make this next step in our relationship and really be committed to each other if i won't do this and we ended up breaking up for, over it and it was something that really really you know made me sad especially since he had like one of them demon dicks job but i you know i i, I it was rough i'm not going to lie but i was kind of realizing that these were kind of the first steps of more control and the only reason that I recognized it is because I saw my mother go through it in a very different way. But that's a that's a that's a different topic. Um, so what do you uh, like? Have you ever uh, been through a situation of financial abuse? Have you ever seen it?
1: Um, no, I actually haven't. Um, I don't. Girl, I've been out for five years. I've never had like a serious relationship, so I haven't been through that. Um, the only thing I can say I guess is my mother like she tried well she doesn't anymore because she knows girl i just leave but she mm-hmm. has so and much I- control control over my money like oh I see what you bought this what you bought this for it's like girl I don't care what I bought I worked for this shit but she shit you well you're under my roof so I get to tell you what to buy what you can't spend your money on it's all this other shit it's like no girl because you know I, it's plenty of niggas I can stay with if I wanted to move out ASAP but,
2: and and you know what? That's actually a perfect example, Mr. I. You know, um, you know. seriously, that's a perfect example because that is her trying to control you financially saying uh, like, oh, your life could be so much easier with me if you just do what I say. And the reason you'll do what I say is because I'm holding the purse strings. And I feel like that is something that we have to really, really uh, explore. And it's a very layered topic. So I actually found uh, this video uh, buckle in. I just want you guys to just listen for a second. and I want to talk about it.
0: Asked my husband to clean up a bug corpse and he seemed like it annoyed him that I was there. <laughs> and it's brought me back to a conversation that I was having earlier with um, a, like a friend and a, a client of mine. We were talking about why it's important for us to have these businesses, um, that we have so that we can have financial independence and we both have very similar mates. And so I talked, uh, the other day, I posted about, um, how I got this $95,000 salary job. And then within six months they fired me and it was right when I came back, I was coming back from a honeymoon from getting married. And so, when I got fired, we had just gotten married and we had only been married for maybe three or four months at this point, but we had been together for two years prior to this or two or three years at that point. And, uh, actually we had been together for four years at that point. So I, you know, naturally I only get severance for two weeks and I'm telling him that I'm expecting support from him. He's my husband. Now he has money. He has a great job. And the first thing I talk about is like oh i'm just to I'm gonna have a hard time paying my bills until I get a job. I don't want to use up all my severance. and he was like, "Well, how much do you need?" And I was like, "What do you mean like this is how many bills I have?" that I pay in a month. And he was like, yeah, I can't pay that. This is what I can give you. I can give you what is 300 enough. And I was like, I felt like I was bartering and bargaining with someone that I expected that if something like this happened for me, he would just cover the bills that I have and the rest of the household bills that he was already paying until I got back on my feet. And this is one of the reasons why I've been so determined in my business to make it successful. And you know, at this point I hadn't really started the business. I tried to start a business in 2017. It didn't work out. So in 2019, I started making some money and I was like, I can make something of this. And that's why in 2020, I really, my business really took off. And one of the only main motivations for me was to make sure that I did not need money from my husband, because so many times he has in so many ways kind of thrown it in my face that the only reason he said this to me, the only reason we have these things the house and, you know, opportunities and tri- trips and stuff. It's because of him. He says it all the time. Like the only reason we have these things is because of me. And I'll be like, who would say that? And he's like, well, it's a fact. And I'm like, it is a fact that you pay the household bills, but I want you to know that I could do this on my own without you. And this year I doubled my salary. I pay myself $10,000 a month for my business now. Um, and I worked hard to make $30,000 a month in my business because I knew that I wanted to show him I can make significantly more than you on my own and I will never need you to pay for anything else for me ever again.
1: Period.
2: Oh, goodness. So what are your thoughts? What do you think?
1: Um. Yeah, men do this thing where it's like, oh, they want to be the provider and then it's like, if the woman asks for something, it's like, well, what more do you want from me? I'm doing all these things. And then it's like, OK, well, girl, I'm just going to make more than you then. And then it's like, mm-hmm. no, you can't make too much more because that, quote, unquote, emasculates me. It's almost like a competition. He's seeing it as a competition instead of a partnership. And that's what the problem is.
2: Mm, the, I think that, boom, I think that's really the key, honestly. And I really feel like um, there's a lot of situations that we're in, like with, with like with what you said, Oh, um, I want to go get my nails done, um, and they they give you money for it. Um, fast forward a couple of uh, days later, you're having an argument. Listen, all the things I do for you, I get your nails done. You, you know, you never have to do shit. I pay your phone bill. I pay this. I pay that. And then when you start paying all of those things and not needing a person, because they very quickly call us gold diggers, right? Um, oh, you just want you just want me for my money, like for the meal, nigga, for the meal. Uh, it, it's it's very it's very fucking weird, and constantly I feel like there's this almost this tug of war in this fighting where it's almost like yes um, I want a woman to be able to make money and put half it on the bills but just not to too much money to emasculate me. The shit is crazy. Oh, and we have we have some mon- uh, some um,
11: messages, Tito. So I, I guess I do have a question as someone who has been listening carefully and and. Wants to take this as seriously as I can. Um, what are the some quick snapshot steps or the best ways for someone to decolonize their mind? What, what's what are your key points um, on the ways that someone can realize themselves in a better way and and not feel the the I guess the burdens of what um, colonization has done to them. <laughs>
2: Um, I'm going to let, um, do you, I don't know if you want to go first. Yeah. Okay. So I feel like, um, I feel like three major steps need to happen. And one thing is, especially, and this is for black queer people. You know, if, if it's for white people out to read white fragility and talk to other white people who are also trying to decolonize your mind. Uh, and also listen to black creators to know what they're actually going through and giving the perspective But for black queer people. Um, or for Black people, in order to decolonize them, I think the first step is to actually get all the books you can on Africa before colonization. I need you to soak every single one of those things up and you're gonna run into some homophobic shit. Please cite your sources. <laughs> you're, because a lot, of, uh, a lot of Africans are very ashamed of that and try to erase the, the queerness out of Africa on a regular basis, so don't fall for that shit either. Um, and that's, and that's another way where it can be hard, it really can be. But it's important that you look at Africa before colonization. I think that would be the first step in, uh, and seeing how, oh, the multiplicity and the beauty of blackness in Africa, that first of all, that is going to give you all of the feels and makes you understand that you were empowered and that you were once worshiped. Stop playing games with me, bitch. That's why you need that. You need that for your arsenal. You need that for the confidence. I feel like the um, second thing is, is knowing the enemy, knowing your oppressor, knowing exactly what, when we were talking about decolonizing, read about redlining, read about the things that people were going through, read about the fact that there was actually slaves up until 1960 in this country. I need you to go ahead and do as much research as you possibly can. Um, and I think, lastly, I think is checking your circle.
9: Mm.
2: When I feel like when you have friends, let me tell you something. When, and decolonizing your mind, you're gonna lose a lot of people. That's another thing. Be fucking prepared. You, when you decolonize <laughs> your mind, Ooh. Uh, niggas gonna fall like flies. Swear to God. Let me so tell you. I, I need you to be and prepared. And family members as well. Oh f- yes, and family members. Oh my God, that's a big thing. That is a big thing. You're going to be at odds with people just because you're learning more. I need you to know you're not the, uh, you are not the problem. You are the generational curse breaker. That's who the fuck you are. And they just don't want to recognize that shit. So put that to the background. Um, I feel like uh, being prepared and checking your fucking circle, checking your family, realizing that I don't have to be around you. I don't care what your title is, but you're not going to degrade me in any way. I'm going to be respected in every single space. I don't give a fuck who you are or what's going on. If I got to work from home, I will make all the adjustments I need to, to keep my mental the way it needs to be. So I can fight you hoes on a daily basis because that's what the fuck you make me do.
6: Yeah,
1: so Sorry. you said all three of my <laughs> points. All three of my oh, points. Uh... Um, but yeah, as a whole, just, it's easier said than done, but it's going to take a lot of work. But Sorry. just question, question everything. Listen. Listen. Like, if someone says something, well, something, especially if it's anti-black, question, well, who said that? Where did that come from? You know, just mm-hmm. question Go to everything room. that you was taught in this white world. You need to question it.
2: Constantly. Amen. Amen. (laughs) I think that's no seriously, I feel like that's really, really important. And I think, again, when it comes to decolonizing your mind, seeing all the it's a lonely road sometimes, but that's why we have these types of platforms so that you know that you have community. You have community within us. You know how we already have to choose our family? I'm letting you know that this is going to be your chosen family. We're here to help you decolonize your mind. We're here to help you question all of the things. And and listen, and be questioned. That's the way it's supposed to be. We're going to hold each other, ourselves, and you accountable. And that's community how it's going
1: to work. Community is very work. important. Community is very important. Literally all hell 97 percent of my friend group even though my circle is small but mm-hmm. still nothing but I, black trans women and black and black queer folk. like that's all i really am around i don't really mm-hmm. I don't have one person who happens to be white but everyone else is black and queer and mm-hmm. black and trans and black women period
2: and i and my circle is is all mixed up unfortunately they're all cis people wayne but um, but <laughs> they're all mixed up, but they all are accomplices because they're also trying to break down that system. All right. We have a few more uh, messages. Wilton.
6: Hey, I need to get like that woman making that much money a month. Right. It's inspirational. Okay, okay girl. Nicole? She thirty thousand,
1: thirty thousand $30,000 a month. Girl, y'all, girl.
6: But, but I
2: want to say something. I, 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 all of I the see things, you, 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 you see where I'm going, <laughs> yeah. all of the things that she's doing right now, and I'm so glad that she's doing it, I think she's amazing, and bitch, teach me, but my love, my gorgeous, gorgeous black woman, I just gotta ask you, why the fuck is he still your current husband? Right. Why is he your current husband as he hates on you? He lit in the middle, in the beginning of the video. She said, oh, he just made me feel like he was just annoyed by my presence. Why are you with him still? He's a hater. You got a hater within your midst. You sleeping with the enemy, ho. I'm sorry. I I
3: love you. I love you. Uh, It's Marcelo. though. That'll do it. That'll do it for me. (laughs) Like... If it's one thing that I got from my mom, you know, never let a nigga put you in a position where you need financials from him. Always keep your own money. Um, I've always, always at least had a side hustle. You know what I'm saying? I've always had at least a side hustle so I could keep something on me. And it's for that reason because sometimes you know people talk about dating getting to really know this person and all this other shit but sometimes there are going to be things that you're not going to know about this person until you've already jumped the motherfucking broom period because you are never going to know everything about a person so sometimes you will run into dudes who put their worth in their wallet and sometimes you can see that shit late uh early on but a lot of times, yeah. until you run into a situation like this, you won't understand just how much of their worth they put in their wallet. They hold that shit over everything, and <clears> they want you to know, you gotta bow down to me, because I make the coins. Bet. Yeah.
1: Exactly. And, like I like like I said, marriage is supposed to be a partnership, not a competition. So, you, like, you combine to make life easier and more sustainable. So why bind your, your life to a man who doesn't understand this? And vice versa, like, if you're a man to a woman... So it's like I don't this whole competitive shit or you can't make more than me. It's supposed to make life more easier and more sustainable.
2: Like it's they treat it like a competition when it's supposed to be a team effort, because I always thought like if I'm married and I'm making a lot of money, then that means that nigga's balling. If that man is making a lot of money or my partner's making a lot of money, then that means I'm balling. That's what I thought it was supposed to be like, but I quickly grew up and I, I, and listen, my mother, I feel like black mamas are the ones to tell you have your own bank account. All right. My mom used to tell me all the time, Mink make so that you have your education, make sure so you have all these other things in order so you can pick up your Archie Bungle and go. You could pick up your necklace agenda man go. And basically she was saying, <laughs> no matter what, have your shit together. Because in case, she was like, what if the man dies? What if it's a good marriage and he dies? What you gonna do, I'd be asked out? Come on, man. You have to always have your own. And I realize, and that's another thing to Marcel's point. Like you don't always see the signs in the beginning. And that's the real fucking truth, especially because everybody normalizes it. If you go to one of your girlfriends and and you say, well, he was talking about how he pays for this and pays for that. Some of these pick me ass bitches that you have not uh, detected in your circle will say shit like, well, you know, that's normal. He just want to let you know he taking care of you. It's okay. Like we normalize all of this bullshit. And then when we finally get to a point where it's extreme then they're like, well, you should have known better. Nigga. Uh, yeah, these you know, are
1: that, these are, th- these are definitely conversations that you need to have prior to marriage. Uh, conversations like these are very important.
2: Prior being to in committed the, coupling. Being
1: um, in a marriage and being in competition with your mate to prove a point just ain't it.
2: It really isn't, and I don't care what gender you are, I don't care what 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 side you fall on. Obviously, we know this is mostly happening to um, femme and femme presenting people. But at the end of the day nobody should be ruling that shit over your head every day like again you need to have your own it's just what it is uh spirit love
13: well i was with someone we were dating and they were a flight tent they were making fifty dollars an hour like way more than i was and they're telling me like our goals are to travel to all do all these amazing things and then um you know when we were dating they're like well i need an lv purse because i'm a bad bitch," and i was like well you are a bad bitch, but like if we're gonna travel we can't i can't be buying you LV because if i buy you lv purse you know we can't really travel and the thing is that even though you're a flight attendant and you get a free flight you know for both you and for someone else you still want me to pay for that flight so you're still someone who you know like i don't know what's going on but like you want to make sure that you're with someone where you don't offer them anything, right? But then you want me to get your LV purse. Um, but the thing is that if you want an LV purse, we can't travel, we can't do all these things because, like, again, hotel fare, flight fare, all these things, you know? So you have to think about is the LV purse.
2: Yeah, is it more important than doing all these plans and traveling, so on and so forth? People really are a slave to capitalism. They're a slave to money. This Instagram life and being able to be like, oh, I have the LV purse and I went on this trip is really more important than the experience. To be honest, we're living we're we're living literally in the metaverse, uh, which is why we have all of these um, standards. Oh well, if he don't buy me um, a Louis purse, then he don't love me for real. Are you crazy, bitch? Uh, that's stupid. I'm sorry, um, Wilton. <laughs>
6: Men need to learn how to get it together, cause men can't always be on top. Like women definitely know what they're doing. I don't understand what was with the jealousy and all that stuff like that. They need to get over all that stuff. It's 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 really fucking weird.
1: That's because, like, again, and this is black from a black standpoint. I'm hearing this a lot from straight black men. They have like this whole tep way of thinking. It's like okay, first is God, and then that goes to me, and then the woman is under me. So I have to be the main one. On top, I have to be the provider. And if she makes more than me, then for some reason I feel emasculated. And it's like, girl. <laughs> and, and
2: you know, and I, and I don't remember which podcast it was, but we were talking about this exact thing where we had we played a clip of a guy who was like, if I have a wife, I need to have complete control over her and my household. And I'm like, you need complete control (laughs) over her?
6: Slave to master complex, jumped out.
2: Listen, listen, that it's it's scary out here. Issa Reed.
5: Good morning, good morning, Aaron. Good morning, Sid, Earth is ghetto. (sighs) Yeah, um, Sid, when you said, when you decolonize your mind, you are going to lose friends and family. It is so it's so true. I'm currently going through my own space of that um, when it comes to decolonizing my mind. Um, it's a lot of things that I internalize that I still have to unlearn with myself that I exude. Um, and yeah, it's tough. It's very tough. And I would like to add when it comes to decolonizing your mind, it is very tough to have proof, because a lot of people will just do one quick Google search to try to disband what you are learning, and it sucks. It sucks.
2: And it, It's so true. And, it's so, and listen, that's why I, I'm letting you know you, we, that we have to build our own communities from the ground up. We're not going to be accepted
3: in these other spaces. This is why we have to have our own. It's Marcel. I know where you can get some good knockoff LV purses, baby. You know what I'm saying? They ain't gonna know the difference.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Just in case you wanted to keep them. Uh, Queen China.
5: Hey, it's Queen China and just coming through. I'm sorry, dude is tripping. Please let my wife make more than me. I mean, I'm the breadwinner and everything, and I don't mind taking care of my family. But oh my God, she makes more than me. Hell yeah, I'm turned on. Jeez, I want all the things. Okay, not all the things, but you know, I don't mind. I want to be pampered. Come on, like I've been working every day since I was 15. I I didn't choose this lesbian (laughs) life. It chose me, man.
1: Right, bro. And that's like the thing. Going back to the emasculation thing, it never made sense to me because going from that back to that video. She didn't, she was jobless for a moment and she relied because you're supposed to be the provider, right, as a band. She asked him for help. And then of course, well, what more do you want from me? That's all I got. Okay, well, you know what? I got it. I'm a, and then made more than him. And then that's when it was like, oh my God, I, it, it, it turned into a competition. So it's like, well, damn, what else do you want them to do?
2: <laughs> <laughs> like I'm broke, you got a problem. I got too much money, I got a problem. I, it seems like you're the problem. It, it, it feels like it's you. Um, and I really feel like uh, another thing that I want to point out. So I was actually going through her videos and people are asking, like, didn't you have like financial conversations like before this and so on and so forth? And she said, listen, when I was dating him, I never really thought to myself, oh, let me go ahead and ask him for money because we weren't married yet. Like, sure, he would pay for certain things. But me personally, asking him for money for my own bills and stuff like that. I just didn't do it. And then whenever I would ask and he would say no or hem and ha, what do you need it for? And all the questions I would think to myself, well, you know what? That's fair because you're not my husband yet. I thought that as soon as we got married, surely this would be the time where you would be able to be like, oh, I'm going to step in for my wife. She was pregnant with their child or she had already given birth to their child. And she was thinking to herself, guess what? Um, now, now we're married so, and now we have a family, obviously. So of course you would be able to take care of me in that way when I'm lacking. The same way I would do for you if you were lacking. But that's not the situation that she received at all. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like we always put the onus back on the woman. Well, didn't you have those conversations? Or didn't you talk about this before? And we always are putting the onus on them instead of looking at the man and his motives and what he's doing and saying and his actions. We always think, because you have to understand, we literally have men admit that they will pretend to be certain people until shit gets rough or they get bored or whatever the case is. We've heard it. Just go into the manosphere for a little bit. You'll hear it
6: ah wilton do you know the story between um was it tabitha brown her husband she um they were struggling at first he was a police officer and she said that you know because you know her her her, uh, following her becoming well known and acting and all that stuff like that she's making more money so they're not struggling and she basically said that her husband doesn't have to work anymore they can pursue his dream So that's probably, uh, I guess, an inspiration right there on how a woman can make more money and a man can.
2: Uh, They can benefit and they can thrive. And she's not emasculating her man. She's saying, you did it for me, baby. So now I'm going to do it for you. Go do whatever you need to do. I've got you. That's what, isn't that what committed marriage and all this shit is actually supposed to be about? This shit is so crazy. But then when you, and you'll see this when a woman gets money, but when a man gets money, it's about control. I pay for all these things Uh, 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 like, like asking for basic shit. I've heard moms having to ask the people that they are currently with, the DNA is flowing through that child as well. And they'd be like, oh, well, I can't really do that for you because that's going to be cutting into this and that's going to be cutting into that. And they know they have the money. That's financial abuse. That's why I I really want to talk about like the first stages of financial abuse, because we've always heard the extreme situations, you know, you're not allowed to have a bank, bank account where, you know, all the abusive stuff, but a lot of times we don't see like the little the little steps, oh, we should have a joint bank account. Oh, you should quit this or you should do that. Or, or no, we're not going to go over to your families this time. I don't really feel like it. Um. Oh, I don't want you to go by yourself either because I'm going to miss you too much. All kinds of stupid, stupid bullshit that we will fall for. That's why I really wanted to have a conversation about this because I need people to know that it can come in small steps and that the uh, the the red flags, the things that we can list, is anything that they ask you to do that takes away any of your autonomy, that takes away some piece of control and puts it in their pocket, you need to be aware of, you need to be watching, and you need to probably excommunicate that person from your
1: life. Period. Yeah, absolutely. And going back to this whole, I feel emasculated if she makes more money. Once again, I really want straight men to get out of that. this whole, I, she make more than me, so that made me feel emasculated. When we know, like, if something that small, if the fact that that can make you feel emasculated, then you probably never had it to begin with. Once again, no one gave you your manhood or your masculinity. Like, it, it's just yours. You. So if that something that simple can take that away from you, then you've never had it to begin with. So I don't understand this whole, I feel emasculated if she makes more money than me. That's the stupidest shit I ever heard. But then if she dare but if she made less than you and she asked for something, what more do you want from me? I provide you stay under my roof and I'm doing all these other things. It's like, well, damn, bitch, let me go ahead and make some more money then so I can stop asking you for shit. So it's like, what do you want them to do?
2: And that's not a partnership, guys. That's not a partnership when it's you a feel competition. At- Thank you. Bro. And that's something I saw my parents do. I feel like that's something that we saw a lot of our parents do, and we are the generational curse breakers. We have to be the ones to notice it and to be able to take that power back, especially when we know for a fact this happens to a lot of femme and femme-presenting people because they are automatically supposed to be allotted into a one particular role. Do you know what I'm saying?
1: Right.
2: So I just want to say, first and foremost, thank you guys for coming to the Friday show. Oh, my God. I'm so glad it's fucking Friday. <laughs> this is the Because the, uh, I'm so ready to not do shit this weekend. You don't even know. Uh, but I just want to thank all of the people who um, are listening to us right now. Uh, Eddie's voice. It's Marcel, Queen China, Fletcher Death, Wilton, uh, Shai, Issa um and thank you guys for just being our tribe and always coming to show up to have these conversations with us which I feel are so needed I feel like they are healing and I feel like the decolonization starts with all of us uh starts with all of us individually and the fact that we're coming together like this it's a superpower and and we're and and we're using it and we're using it and I I love that for us
1: yes we love y'all so so much for always like coming to our shows and stuff we know it can be kind of early as hell, depending on where you are, because we do start at 9 o'clock. But the fact that y'all show up, like, every time we do this means a lot to us for real. And we love y'all a lot for that. Uh, yes, this is the Earth is Yellow podcast. We do this every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 9 o'clock a.m. Central, 10 o'clock a.m. Eastern. You can follow me and Sydney on Instagram, which is in both of our bios. And you can follow our Earth is Ghetto podcast Instagram page which is Earth underscore is underscore Ghetto underscore. You can also listen to our podcast on Spotify, Amazon Music, Audible, Google Podcasts, and pretty soon Apple. But yes, we will see you hoes on Monday.
2: Ah, Ashe, everybody, remember being queer is African. Use us as our arsenal and have an amazing
13: weekend. We love you, bitches. Bye. Bye.